Today I want to share with you the subject about worship. This, for some of you, uh, may be a heavy revy, heavy revelation. That's what preachers call heavy revelation, heavy revies. And just because we are so passionate as people, aren't we? We're passionate about God. Can I get a good amen? Amen. We're passionate about God. So I, I want to dig deep right into this, and I want to get started. If, if you want to take notes, I, I encourage you to do so. If you want to get out your phone and take notes, uh, if you want to get a pen and paper, take notes. Get your Bibles out if you have your Bibles with you today. And I want to go ahead and get started because I'm really excited to share this message with you. And here's the first thing that I want to establish. Number one is this. We all worship something. We all worship something. Everyone shows affection, and it's through their time or their energy or their talents. Everybody's got a love expression. Turn to your neighbor and say, love expression. And it's going to go somewhere to something and someone. So let's define of the word worship. Worship defined as our response to what we value most. And if you want to write that down, worship defined is our response to what we value most. And you can tell what you value the most by the time that you spend on it, what you give your affections to. It might be shopping. It might be golf. It might be God. And there's, there's nothing wrong with having other kind of passions and things that you like doing as long as it doesn't supersede God in his place because God should remain number one. Can I get a good amen? God doesn't mind you having affections for other things. He just doesn't want you worshiping them more than him. In fact, the first commandment tells us don't have any other gods. That's right. Little g. Don't have any little gods before him. God wants to be first. So we have to be careful not to exchange our worship from God to something else. In fact, uh, your homework. Can I give you some homework this week? You're looking at me like, no, pastor, please don't give me any homework. My days are done with that. Well, do some work at home. How's that? And read Romans chapter 1. I want you to do that this week. I want you to read. Now, don't do it right now. But I want you to read Romans chapter 1. Because it talks about this reprobate generation with this warped thinking. You would think that Paul was describing in our day today. They were worshiping things that were created and not the creator. Big difference, isn't it? They were worshiping the things that were created and not the creator. The one who actually created all these other things. And the Bible says something interesting. Their mind became darkened. It's interesting. Their actions became futile. And, it, and the writer to this inspired word of God said this as well. They believed a lie. Interesting. And I want you to hold on to those thoughts. So we all worship something. And I think we can all agree on that. Let's go to the next point. So when did all this first happen? Who was the first worshiper? 
And you've heard me talk about this before. There's something called the law of first mention, which will, you go back to the first time it's mentioned in the Bible, and it will give you the purest thought. And of course, who was the first worshiper? It was actually Lucifer. He was actually the first worshiper. And there's actually three angels that were named in the Bible that we know of. And the first one that I want to talk about is Michael. And he represents prayer. He's always involved in prayer. Uh, Remember uh, in the Old Testament when Daniel was fasting, he was fasting for 21 days where you get the, the Daniel fast, which is 21 days. And on the 21st day, the angel Michael shows up to Daniel and says, I heard you praying the first day that you prayed. That should encourage you right there. You ought to be glad you came to church just for that. He's a ministering angel. He's always involved in prayer. And he said, Daniel, I heard you the first day that you prayed. I was coming to respond, but there was this demonic principality that withstood me. And we, we understand that there, there are forces of good and there's forces of evil. And there was something called the prince of Persia. And so he said, I've been fighting on your behalf these 21 days. And now I am here in response to your prayers. So he, he was actually answering prayer, fighting off these principalities and came to him on that 21st day and said, I'm here in response to your prayers. And folks, this is why you never stop praying. You just never stop praying. You may not see something going on, but there's there's war in your behalf when you... you, Come on. This is good stuff. Let's go on. So that's Michael. He's with the prayer, but let's go to Gabriel now. Gabriel is involved with the word. You're going to see him in the Christmas story. Gabriel is always delivering a message. Remember, he tells Mary, Mary, you're going to have a baby, not by a man, but this baby is going to come through the the power of the Holy Spirit. So you've got Gabriel, that is word. So you've got Michael, that is prayer. But then the, the next angel that we see is Lucifer. And Lucifer is involved in worship. He's actually involved in music. Now, when you're looking at this, Michael, Gabriel, and Lucifer, and, and when you, if you write this down, you'll see prayer, you'll see word, and you'll see worship. These are actually the three main parts of Christianity. This should be part of your life. Prayer, worship, and word, right? In fact, that's what that's how we build our service here at Life Church. We we want there to be worship, we want there to be prayer, we want there to be word. And you'll see these in our services. But on a daily walk with God, I've asked you many, many times, and a lot of you have found the joy in doing this, is getting up 15 minutes early than what you have to get up. I call it the first 15. And give God 15 minutes of your time. 15 minutes. Five minutes in prayer. Five minutes in the word. And five minutes in worship. I'm going to tell you, it's going to do you good. It's really going to do you good. Now, with that thought in mind, you've got prayer, word, and worship. And this is all divided into thirds, right? 
you know, one third, one third, one third. So when you're looking at this, some scholars actually believe that the angels were divided into thirds. Because in Revelation chapter 12, it records Satan fell from heaven like lightning. But the Bible says that a third of the angels went with him. How many are familiar with that story? Raise your hand. So a lot of you are familiar with that story. Uh, if, if you don't understand this, Revelation chapter 12 will record this. And so the good news is there are two-thirds more angels on God's side than the enemy's side. In other words, there's two good angels for every bad one. And that should encourage you. So with that in mind, we're, we're building now. There's two places in the Old Testament that describes Lucifer's fall. And it's important that we talk about this. Now, we're not giving glory to Lucifer. We are, we are going to see that he was the first worshiper. And at, at, when we get done with this, and, and I, I had to break it up into two parts. We're going to do part two next week. Uh, and I'm excited to share that message as well. It, it is so good. But when Lucifer fell from heaven... Now, we're going to go into the deep end of the pool right now. Take notes. If you have to, go back and listen again. Uh, We we want to look at Isaiah chapter 14. And if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn there. Isaiah chapter 14. And some of you in your Bibles, you're going to see that it says, to the king of Babylon. You're going to say, well, pastor, that's not talking about Lucifer. Well, actually, it's talking about the spirit that operated in the king of Babylon, all right? Because when, when, when you begin to read the scripture, you're going to see it can't be the king of Babylon. He's, he's talking about somebody else. In fact, the same thing happened when, when Jesus looked at Peter and, and he said, get thee behind me, Satan. I have to be careful who I point to on that one because I'll, po- I'll point to Martin because he's my friend and I can, no, I just, I, Martin's my buddy, so we have to give each other a hard time. He gets me back, don't worry. He, he gets me back. No, I'm just kidding you, Martin. But Jesus looked at Peter and said, get thee behind me, Satan. Well, what? Peter wasn't Satan, right? He, but he was operating in a spirit like Satan. And that's what Jesus was referring to. And that, that's what's going, here, going on here in this scripture in Isaiah chapter 14. He's talking about Lucifer. So let's, let's read this. Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12. How you have what? Fallen from where? Heaven. So it can't be the king of Babylon, right? It's how you have fallen from heaven. Morning star, son of the dawn. You have been cast down to the earth, you who once laid low the nations. Now, I'm just going to give you something to chew on. You don't have to believe this. This is a personal thought. Some people believe this. Some people don't believe this. But... You do the research. You be like the Bereans and search this out for yourself. Some scholars believe that this took, actually took place when, when Lucifer was kicked out of the heavens. That it took place, now, now listen to this, between Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 1-2. Why they believe this, there's this interesting punctuation mark used. At the end of Genesis 1-1, which uh, it's 
it, it means like this massive space of time. So in the beginning, God created the what? Heavens and the earth, period. Long space of time. He created it, heaven and earth. But then notice, and, and this is where it's, it's called the gap theory, all right? The gap theory, like there was a gap between when God created the, some of you are looking at me like this strange. Look it up for yourself. You don't have to believe this. This is something that, that some Christians actually do believe. Genesis 1-2, then the earth became, and it wasn't created that way, but then the earth became formless and void. So if, if, if Satan is kicked out of heaven and is on earth, he probably could wreck earth very well, couldn't he? And then Genesis 1-3, then God said, let there be light. And this is where they believe this is where the creation story happened. So I'm going to leave that up to you if you want to believe that or not. The gap theory. You may want to do, do the research for yourself. Look up. Look these scriptures up in Hebrew. But in other words, God created it. Satan perverted it and turned it into darkness and gloom. And God said, I, I got to straighten all this out. Then God said, let there be light. Let's read on. Now, that's just something for you to, you to just chew on and think about. Let's read on. You said in your heart. You said in your heart. And this is actually why Satan fell. God kicked him off staff. He kicked him off staff because he had what is known as the five I wills. And I want you to get this. I will ascend into the heavens. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned on the mount of the assembly, on the utmost heights of the Mount Zaphon. I will ascend above the tops of the clouds. I will make myself like the Most High. And that's what got him into trouble. All these highs. And what is interesting, and this is what, what Satan calls God. The Most High. The Most High. Even the devil knows there is a God. Come on, somebody. You go to college that tells you there's no God or there's many gods. Well, the devil knows there's one and he wanted to be just like him. And he thought he was better. But how many know there is the most high God? And his name is above all names. Woo! Yeah. And there's nobody like him. Ha! Selah. Means pause. Think about it. Some of you say, Pastor, did you have Starbucks this morning? No. (laughs) So again, God takes it very personal when we put things above him. And that's why we got to be careful what we worship. It's okay to to like to do some things like we talked about shopping and sports, that kind of thing. 
But it can't take the place over God. And while I'm on the subject, can I be your pastor? If you let your children miss church, you're doing the same thing Satan did. It wasn't preachers' ideas to come to church or or to watch it online when there's pandemics going on. But if we don't let our children come to church, but yet we let them be involved in sports, we are just as guilty of doing what Lucifer did. Show is quiet in here. Let me be your pastor because you will never regret your children coming to the house of God. Does that mean that they're going to be saved and perfect? No, but they have a much better chance than what they will have in the world. Than on a sports team. Preachers didn't set up Sunday morning church. God did. Well, they started with Saturday, but then in the New Testament, they went to Sunday. On the first day of the week, they started worshiping together. And the Bible says, don't forsake that. And especially during these times. I'm getting some kickback, but that's okay. I'm your pastor and I'm used to it. Something else to think about. I want you to look at verse 11. We're going to dive deep into this. Your pomp or your splendid display is brought down to Sheol, the pit of the earth. And the sound of your what? Stringed instruments, plural. So many scholars are in agreement that Satan didn't play instruments. He was instruments. And the Bible tells us right here, he stringed instruments. Interesting, right? Look at Ezekiel 28, verse 12 and 13. You were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom, perfect in beauty. Well, God created him To where he must have been amazing looking. Perfect in beauty. You were in Eden. The garden of God. And notice this. Every precious stone adored you. And he goes on to explain the stones. Now You you, you just can only imagine. Not only did God make him stringed instruments. But he adorned him in beauty With all of these gorgeous stones like pearls, turquoise, and topaz, and uh, gold. Let's read on. Your settings and mountings were made of gold. On the day you were created, they were prepared. So the Bible is telling us what Satan looked like when God created Lucifer. Now, I want you to look at this in a different translation, and it's going to explain settings and and mountings. And it's the new King James Version of the Bible. And it says this, The workmanship of your timbrels and pipes, well, that, that would be the settings and the mountings. The workmanship of your timbrels and pipes was prepared for you on the day that you were created. So timbrels, is, you know, that's cymbals. So that's percussion. 
right? I think we can all agree that's percussion. And then pipes, that would be like wind instruments, like a flute, clarinet, and trumpet, and trombone. Those who are musical probably have already gotten this. But he's describing Lucifer is every kind of instrument there is. And he didn't play it. He was it. And this is going to get a little bit heavy. And this is so cool. And there's three kinds of instruments. There are stringed instruments. You, you heard one, a couple of them this morning. We had guitars. We had violin. Even a piano, acoustic piano, is considered a stringed instrument because it's actually a harp inside. And then there are percussion instruments. That is something you hit. So string instruments are something that you basically pluck. Percussion is something that you hit. And then wind instruments, that is something you blow into. And I'm going to talk more about that next week. You don't want to miss next week because it, oh, it's really good. I'm doing my own commercial. So what you've got here is a symphony orchestra. And they actually separate in, a, in an orchestra. They will separate these three sections. You have the, the string section. You have the wind section. And you have the percussion session. And what is interesting, Satan is every one of these instruments. This is Lucifer. This is what the Bible describes. He's a, a walking orchestra is what he was. And we look at Ezekiel, and it's going to tell us something even more interesting. You were, Ezekiel 28 and verse 17, you were anointed. Everybody say anointed. Yeah, he was anointed as a guardian cherub. So not only is he covered with beautiful jewels... Not only is he string, percussion, and wind instruments, but God put an anointing on instruments. That's what he did. You were anointed. And and it's not that worship is just anointed, but music is anointed. In fact, every instrument that is played is perfect praise. Now, it can be given to good purposes or it can be given to evil purposes. But it, the instrument itself, it's kind of like money. Money's not good or bad. It's just something that you have. You can use it for something good. You can give it to missions. You can, you know, provide for your family or you can do something bad with it. You can buy illegal drugs, for example. It, but the money itself is, is not bad. And, and you're looking at these instruments, and it has anointing on it. And I'm going to dig a little bit deeper, so keep hanging on with me. We go crazy over music stars, don't we? In fact, there may be something that happened in your life, but there... And it was really, really bad. But a, there was a piece of music that got you through it. And every time you hear that piece of music, it's like, wow, yeah, that song helped me. 
Shout to the Lord of the earth. That song helped me. Some of you married couples, you say, oh, that's our song. We could have danced all night. I'm just kidding you. My wife and I, we have our own song. You probably have your song as well. Music has power. Doesn't it? Music has power. And God made it to be that way. What we just read. And most people underestimate its power. Ooh, there's good in music, and there can be evil in it. Now, this is something that you, you have the Holy Spirit, and you need to let the Holy Spirit guide you on what kind of music that you listen to. I mean, I, it can't be me. There's a Holy Spirit, and his name's not Pastor Jeff, and the Holy Spirit does a much better job. But music can have heavenly influence on you, just like what we experienced this morning. But it also can have a demonic influence. Because both have some power associated with it. Be careful that whatever music that you're listening to doesn't pull you away from God. As an unholy exchange. I want to talk about something. And I'm going to have to do it quickly. Because I'm out of time. But there's a a mainstream music artist. That has been popular. He he recorded with Billy Ray Cyrus. And and I understand that that song was was okay. and, And there's a lot of kids that like to listen to that song. But this person calls himself Lil Nas X. And he has a new song that's been out that I would not even read the words out loud. They are so disgusting. But I want you to know that his music video was viewed 114 million times in two weeks. And in his video, he, he plays the part... Like he's Lucifer who on a stripper pole from heaven comes down to earth and gives Satan a lap dance. And your kids are watching this stuff. And they're being influenced. And if you don't think I'm right, he made 666 pairs of tennis shoes that he calls Satan's shoes. And there on the shoe itself, there's a pentagram that they use in satanic worship with a drop of human blood inside of the shoe. He sold 666 pair. And if you look online right now, Some people are trying to sell those shoes for thousands of dollars. 
And what's sad is they'll probably get it. I can't even tell you everything about the outside of the box with all the satanic emblems and all its satanic phrases and nudity and I, and I, I, I don't even want to see it, to be honest with you. Now, does Jesus love this young man? Absolutely, he does. Does Jesus want this young man to be saved? Absolutely. But his goal, this young man's goal, is to reach your children. He said this. He's wanting to reach your children. You as parents not only have to watch what you listen to, But you need to see what's on your kids' phones, what they are listening to. Because it's a trick of the enemy to think, well, his one song is really cute and good. So the next song must be as well. And if they're watching the video, they're going to see something that you really don't want your children to see. Show is quiet in hell. Thank you, baby. I was sickened just by the previews before the Grammys. Now, you know, I, I'm a musical guy. I, I used to like to watch the Grammys. And then they started a few years back, started, eh, why did they say that? Or why did they do that? And then the spirit that I felt on just the advertisements for the Grammys this year, there was a, my, my spirit had a check in it. And I, I said, I am not watching this stuff this year. I, I'm just not giving into that just not now that's that's nothing on my part i'm just saying that that's my holy spirit that i'm i'm hearing and i but on the news they showed something and maybe you saw it too of this young woman who was on top of another young woman that hardly had any clothes on and they call this that hollywood has no agenda. It just on looking at what I saw in the news, and it was a clip of about five seconds, and that was enough for me. I, I didn't want to see any more of it. It was nothing short of soft porn. We as believers love everybody. Absolutely. But there are some definites in this word of God that will N-E-V-E-R change. Never, never, never change. Thou shall have no other gods before me. Or you're going to be just like Lucifer. Do I have to be careful? Absolutely. Do you have to be careful? Absolutely. It's all... It's all something that we as believers need to realize that God wants everyone to be saved. But we pray against the Spirit. In fact, I prayed for little Nasex to, be, to come to Christ. He, he actually has been raised in some kind of church environment somehow. And he talks about that. But I'm here to tell you, we love them. But we are not influenced by them. Our influence comes from God. (laughs) 
Let's read on. For I ordained you. Imagine that. Lucifer. God saying, for so I ordained you. You were on the holy mount of God. You walked among the fiery stones through your widespread trade. In other words, that, that's when he started exchanging his worship for God. When he wanted to be worshiped. You used something I gave you only for the glory of God, and you used it for something else. Let's read on. You were filled with violence, and you sinned. Does that sound familiar, violence? You were filled with violence, and you sinned. So I drove you in disgrace from the mount of God, and I expelled you, guardian cherub, Notice, from among the fiery stones, your heart became proud on account of your beauty and you corrupted your wisdom because of your splendor. So I threw you to the earth. There's the event. That's when Satan fell. I made a spectacle of you before Kings. Now, I, I want to show you something in the New Testament. Remember when Jesus gave his disciples authority for a period of time? He said, I want you to go out. I want you to pray, do miracles, cast out devils. And, and, and when they came back, they, they were all excited. They said, oh, the devils are subject to us. I mean, there was healings. The devils had come out of people. And, and Jesus is so cool. He, he said in Luke 10 and 18, he said, well, actually, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven that's nothing boys like not not even a big deal imagine all the power that god has you know here's the problem that we have we think strong and powerful satan strong powerful god no it's strong powerful god only satan is only allowed to do what God allows him to do. He had to ask permission to go against Job. If if this was a movie, it would last one less than one second. Because how quickly does lightning come down from heaven? The movie would be over before it started. Bam. You mean I paid $15 to see one second? Yeah, that's about what happened. Let's, let's, keep, <laughs> let's keep going on. When God decides that something is over and done, bam, it's done. So here is where the problem lies. And this is, I'm going to stop at this thought. Michael is still there. He's helping us when we pray and fighting battles. Gabriel is there. He's still giving messages, things from God. And by the way, we... Oh, man, I got to stop. We, we entertain angels unaware, don't we? That's what the Bible says. But there's a third angel, Lucifer, and he's an unemployed staff member of heaven. And there is a vacancy in the role. Of worship. 
Why didn't God put another angel in his place? And that's what you're going to have to come and find out next Sunday. See what I did there? Because I want to talk about who the new worship leader is. And I want you to stand with me. And I know, go ahead and let's stand all over the house. They told us in college, if you don't offend somebody when you're preaching, you're not preaching very good. (laughs) And I know I said a lot of stuff and maybe something offended you. But you need to take heart. You need to evaluate for yourself. I know people have itching ears and they want to go to churches where they're going to hear fluff. And there is fluff in the Bible. There's good dessert in the Bible, but there's also meat of the word. And you, I don't know about you, but I want a well-rounded diet. Don't you? And I, I'm speaking spiritually, not physically. No, I'm just kidding. No, physically, I, want, I have to be well-rounded. If I just eat desserts, I won't be healthy. God help us. God help us. And especially in this day that we live in, when music is trying to bring your kids, you have to be listen, you have to be careful of country music. In fact, country music can be some of the worst. You know the old joke, if you play a country song backwards, you get your wife back, you get your house back, you get your truck back, you get your dog back. You have to be careful to anything, music, that could take the place of God. Words that, uh, sometimes I'll, I'll hear a song that they're playing, on the, and I just have to change it. Because that, that's my Holy Spirit working in me. But you have a Holy Spirit. You have Him in your life. And you're going to have to make decisions. And you're going to have to make decisions for your family as well. You say, well, I can't make my kids do anything. Can I tell you what my, my parents told me? I'm paying, I'm saying. How many had a mom or dad like that? Raise your hand. I know a lot of you did. You say, well, that's not the new way of doing things. Well, is the new way working out for you? You say, well, church kids aren't perfect. Well, imagine what they would be if they weren't in church. If they're that bad in church, how bad would they be outside of it? Well, there's only hypocrites at church. Well, they wouldn't be hypocrites unless they came to church. God, help us in the struggle that music is so powerful and it can have an unholy gravitation or it can have a holy one. And, and there's, there's really nothing in between, right? It, it, it's either going to be good or it's going to be bad. So let's do our best to train our kids 
to train ourselves to only listen to what the Holy Spirit says, you know, that, that's okay. I feel a deep conviction in the house today. And I want you to reevaluate your life. Where do you stand with God? And maybe today you've never given your life to Jesus. And I, I want to say a prayer with you today to, for you to find the same kind of joy that I have found. So many of us have found.